Marriage is the world's oldest institution established by God for our benefit and yet is entered into by most with unrealistic expectations. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues the series, God's Gift of Marriage in the Destructive Culture, with this message, Misconceptions in Marriage. He'll be teaching from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse number 32. My wife and I, I met my wife, oh, well, we met in the church, that's a good place to meet. My pastor put us together. We sit next to her, she tells Sunday school, and and during Sunday school review, he looked out there and the spirit arrested him. He said, Randall. I said, what? I said, I know who you ought to be with. I said, who? Darlene, who was sitting next to you? The teacher. <laughs> I was in her class. The teacher. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah. But she'll make you a good wife. I said, well, yeah, take her out. <laughs> I took her out. Took it to my mom and dad's house. That's a good place to start. <laughs> That's right. Let them check them out. My mom and dad's house on Labor Day. We had barbecue and ate, had a good time. Then we went to one of those drive up places where you can get soda floats and things. And Princess, they had Princess back then, only man in Houston. And, um, and then finally, another day or two, another week or two, my sister was getting married, my, my girlfriend, or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> We were, she was, I don't know, it was coming, it was happening, you know. Was, and so we went to my sister's wedding in November. You, mind you, that was Labor Day. Labor Day is in September. My sister uh, got married in November. And so uh, we went to my sister's wedding. And one day we were just on the phone and we were just talking to one another. You know when you, when something's going on, you talk a lot. You know, look how quiet y'all are. Y'all ain't sleeping. I don't see nobody snoozing. No, the spirit of sleep is on nobody right now. It's strange. <laughs> so we were talking on the phone. I was in my bedroom, in my mama's house. So I said, Darlene, you didn't miss the conversation. I didn't know I was going to do it. She said, yeah. I said, uh, if I asked you to marry me, would you marry me? She said, yeah. <laughs> I said, Darlene, will you marry me? She said, yes. You know, I look, sometimes I go to the Spurs game and they have these kiss me cams and popos and cams. We did somebody get on their knees and surprise somebody. They're out on a big boat and they do something. They go to the moon and bow their knee and all that stuff and don't laugh, da-da. <laughs> I was so simple, so plain, so common. It wasn't all fancied up and it wasn't all that, it, but God was in it. And you know what? From September... And that February, we got married on the 26th of February. How many months is that from September, October, November, December, January, and in fact, five months, we were married. And coming, this coming Feb, we will have been married 37 years. So just because it's long, I gave you two sides of it. Just because it's long don't mean it's going to work. And just because it's relatively short doesn't mean it's not going to succeed. 
You see, when God is in it, he has a way of working it out. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Y'all, y'all talking to me now. You see, so don't marry a person because of their possessions. One can have wealth, but no common sense. One can have wealth, but no wisdom. I'd rather be poor with my wife with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and have peace than to be somewhere in dominion with all the amenities and I can't sleep because I'm scared she's going to poison me. Okay. (laughs) They can have the money, the cars, the jewelry, the fine house, but be so disrespectful, so arrogant, and even be a fool. The worst thing you can do is marry a fool. So, honey, don't chase the money. You see what's happening in the NFL with these football players and the abuse of these spouses. They got a lot of money, but the money didn't eradicate the problems. And all that abuse, that's shameful. Lots of money, but teeth are knocked out. Oh God, I'm gonna just take my time. Number 10, y'all listen to me? Refuse to have your criteria, say criteria. Refuse to have your criteria for a prospective wife so rigid that you've already passed up whom God has sent. You got this big old list. I want my spouse. I want him to have this. I want him to be like this. Number two, number three, number 30. You on number 50 for your spouse. Listen, you ain't all that. Come down off your high horse and humble yourself. Refuse to have a criteria for a prospective spouse so rigid that you've already passed up whom God has said. He said, he said, four to you and you passed him up. Passed her up. Because you looking, because you think you all that. It's pride. That's what it really is. It goes back to pride. Proverbs 11, 2 says, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. Guard against deception and place priority on the person of interest, being a Christian and possessing character rather than charm, charisma, and compatibility. Oh, he's charming. She's charming. Listen, charm cannot keep your marriage. There's no substance in charm. There's no substance in charisma. All that stuff. You uh, you want substance in your marriage. Number 11, trust the Lord. Singles, trust the Lord and put yourself. I can't find nobody. I can't find nobody. I can't find nobody. Hold it. Stop whining. Trust the Lord and put yourself in position to be found. Okay? You can't live like a recluse or hermit and expect to meet someone. Okay? You say, what? Yeah. Proverbs 18, 22, it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But some of y'all can't be found. 
You hiding. You all stuck in a closet to yourself. Nobody even know you. Don't nobody know nothing about you. Oh, Lord, send me. That's just like asking for a job and won't go out and put in an application. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Put yourself in position, ladies, where you can be found. Say found. You can't live like a recluse or hermit and expect to meet someone. That means this. Get out of the house and go to some acceptable venues. I said acceptable. Where you may meet someone of like interest. You know, you may meet someone. Like, and I can start talking about some of those acceptable venues, but time won't permit all of that. You know what's acceptable, okay? You know what's acceptable. And also, oh, by the way, be careful of those dating sites. Now, there are some people, it worked out quite, quite well, you know, quite well. And I said, praise God, that's a miracle. To me, every time that works out, it's a miracle. Because for every success, there's 20 of them that have, a, that have a nightmare story. So be very careful about what, because what you see on the website may not be what you have in mind. Okay? I'm not saying it can't work. But boy, it can be risky. So be, be ever so careful. Okay? Number 12. I'm almost done. Don't allow yourself to be blinded by love. Think clearly, ask the Lord for wisdom, and use spiritual discernment before making the decision to marry. Okay? You just in love, you just let it blind you. You just can't see nothing. You just gone with the wind. Think clearly, ask the Lord for wisdom, and use spiritual discernment before making the decision To marry, don't allow love to cloud your judgment. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't allow love and your emotion to cloud your judgment. Job chapter 34, verse 4 says, So let us discern ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. Proverbs 3.21 says, My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. You got to have spiritual discernment. Malachi 3.18 says, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Spiritual discernment is the God-given ability to discriminate between good and evil. Good and evil. The spiritual discernment will help you know that that person is not for you. You're going to cut it off. And you don't have to cut it off ugly. Get out of my face. You got to say that. Be a Christian about it. Uh, I think um, this is not going to work. And um, I, I think it's time for us to part company. But I appreciate the fact that we did give it a chance. And so, thanks, but no thanks. Be gracious. Don't be ugly with your no. All right? Don't be ugly with you. No, have common sense, have discernment, hold on to them. Let me, let me close with this and I'll be done. Let me give you God's criteria for your future spouse. And some of you say, well, 
My kids are grown and they're already married. Yeah, but you got grandkids that's coming. You got nephews. You got other folk, children in your life. I'm trying to help you and somebody else. That's why you need to break, get, use those evangelistic cards and bring them here so that they can help. Don't you? How many of y'all know somebody that could be here listening to this message right now? And that's why you need to activate those cards. God's criteria for your future spouse. Number one, here's the criteria. Have a criteria. Number one, is the person a Christian? You start fair. Start fair. Okay? Excuse the English, but if they ain't a Christian, leave them alone. Don't marry someone who is not a Christian. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? You're unequally yoked. That's right. You want to go to Christian things, they want to go to crazy things. You want to love God, they're saying, let's do something that's really unacceptable. And so you have an all kind of conflict in the home because one is lost and one is saved. There's a lot more I can say about that. Because if you have a spouse who is lost, but they are pleased to live with you, and they're not giving you any problem about your walk with the Lord, they don't, they're, they're passive about that, and they, you know, they're nice, and they're gentlemen, and all those kinds of things. They're just lost, they're not saved, they provide for you, and all that stuff. So, listen, don't let them go. If, if they're pleased to stay with you, and they're not giving you a hard time about what you do at church, and how you give to the Lord... Leave them alone and pray for them. That's right. Because you can marry a Christian. And that Christian can give you more problems than that unsaved person. That's right. Some unsaved folk have more common sense than Christian folk. But start with salvation. Number two, does the person possess integrity? Say integrity. Job chapter 1 verse 1 says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Proverbs 10 9 says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. Proverbs eleven twenty says, The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. You know, they say what they mean. They mean what they say. They are trustworthy. And whatever they say, you can take it to the bank. They're not saying one thing and doing another. Number three, is the person employed and possess a good work ethic? That's big too. Is the person employed and possess a good work ethic? Listen, don't you fall in love with somebody that's not working and don't want to work? Uh-uh. You gonna take care of them. They land up while you out working and slaving and they snoring. Proverbs 12, 24 says, work hard. Say work hard. And become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Proverbs 13, 4a says, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. And some people are jealous because of what you had, but you worked for it. You worked hard. Don't be ashamed of what God blessed you with if you worked hard. And maybe they'll get some if they learn to work hard. You just can't shoot for the least and expect to prosper. 
Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Don't go to the fridge. You're not working. That's right. That, that means that's, that's stop, stop eating at this house till you go get your job. Contribute. You know, some, you know, folk in your family that are professional moochers. They just go from family to family. 40 years later, still no house. Still living like a pauper. Still struggling. Goes back to a work ethic. Number four. Another criteria. Can the person you desire to marry cut the apron string and be fully committed to you? Can the person you desire to marry cut the apron string and be fully committed to you? Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Parents ought not be all in their children's business who are married and in-laws business and all daughter-in-laws and all this. Let them have space. Let them have their room. Be available. Be accessible. But don't be a dictator. Don't be all in their business and don't live in their house like you don't have a house unless there's some insinuating circumstances. Amen? Let them breathe. Let them find themselves. Don't be the answer to all. Let them, Teach them how to go to God. Teach your married children how to go to God. If they want your counsel, they'll ask for it. If they don't, they'll struggle and wish they had. So you are not marrying, listen to this, you are not marrying the person's mother or father. You will be marrying your fiance and should be committed to him or her. Your wife, excuse the English again, but I just like to get plain and simple. Your wife ain't your mama. And your husband ain't your daddy. That's your husband. That's your wife. Okay? Yeah, and somebody said, but I never had a daddy. I never had a mama. And then you want to make your spouse that. No. N-O. No. There's a difference. There is a difference. Let your husband be your husband. Let your wife be your wife. And don't put a role on them that they are not to carry. Are y'all hanging with me? Oh, God. Number five, another criteria. Does your potential spouse have minimum debt or a mountain of debt? Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant of the lender. So many marriages end up in divorce because of irresponsible financial management. If you are serious about marrying your potential fiance, mate, whatever, then be up front. Say be up front. Be up front. Be open and transparent about your financial status. Don't be so in love that you don't ask them nothing about their finances. You talking about getting married? Then you need to come up, hey, let's come to the table here and show me what you got. And that, that's a fair question. Show me what you got. Now you talk, I know you love me. Uh, that fiance ought to be asking, but how are you going to take care of me? Honey, you don't have no job now? Or are you going to have one five years from now? You got this $30,000 loan and, I, and I'm debt free? I'm assuming your loan? Listen, and, and listen, uh, if, that, 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 if that debt is too great, you might need to relook. You need to look at that thing, relook and revisit that too. 
especially if they don't have a plan for debt reduction and no discipline. Y'all listening to me. So be transparent about your fiscal status. Um, Is your potential spouse willing to tie? Are they willing to tie? You can't go out and give all that money to that preacher. So they say, that's what they say. (laughs) You can't give all money to that. Lord ain't that, Lord ain't that broke. <laughs> Listen, if they if they don't want you tithing and giving to the Lord, that's a sign you need to check them need to check them off. Don't let them run interference on your giving to the God of your salvation who provides everything for you. If they struggle with what you do for the Lord now, they're going to struggle later on in the marriage and there will be great conflict. And number 6, does your potential spouse have to live on your paycheck because of baby mama drama and child support payments to other women. Okay, all right, that's another one. Okay, does your potential spouse have to live on your paycheck because of baby mama drama and child support payments to other women? First Corinthians 6.18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Be upfront about your children. If you bring in children into this potential marriage, you need to tell that potential spouse, listen, I got a child. I want you to meet them. Here are the issues. Here's what I'm dealing with. So you will understand so later on when you're married, the spouse and I said, now, I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me that? Why were you hiding that from me? No, you married knowing I had five children and my check was going out to five other women and you married me anyhow up front. Okay? Up front. There's nothing wrong with marrying someone who has another child or have children. That is, that's a beautiful thing. Blended families. Hey, that's, that's great. But come clean. Nothing wrong with that. Blended families are some of the best families. Nothing wrong with that. It's honorable in the sight of God. Just be clean and upfront about it. And I can say a lot about blended families that I just can't say right now. But that, that's a whole other issue in and of itself. So ask about children. Are there any other children? Ask your potential spouse, what else do I not know? Okay. Okay, you told me, thanks for telling me that. Is there anything else I need to know? Okay, come clean. Say it all. So what y'all say to me? Y'all got so quiet. Ooh, two more and I'll leave y'all alone because y'all gonna choke. Number seven, is your potential spouse willing to come to church and Sunday school? If they struggle to come to worship with you in the house of God now, they're gonna struggle later on. You can't change them. Only God can do that. Bring them here so we can check them out. I'd already told you that. Some people don't, some, some men and women don't want to be checked out. I don't want to go down to that church. That church too rigid, too legalistic. They, they, they too nosy. They all in my business. All that kind of stuff. And you have all kind of issues. Psalms 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hebrews 10 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the man of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. They ought to have a heart to come to worship with you on the Lord's day 
and even going to Sunday school, a Bible study, uh, should work uh, schedules permit, and so on. If they struggle with spiritual things, then that's a sign that you need to back off and let that relationship go because you don't want to be struggling with that which you value the most, okay? And finally, but not the least, does your potential spouse's lifestyle conform to the word of God? Does your potential spouse's lifestyle conform to the word of God? Luke 6, 46 says, but why do you call me Lord and do not the things I say? Some people say they're so spiritual, but they're violating scripture principles. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know what I mean? If you say you really love God, you ought to be following his instructions, keeping the commandments of God. You can't be at church, jumping, shouting, rolling, foaming at the mouth, and go home and cuss your husband out or cuss your wife out. Be mean, nasty, silly, crazy. You can't be all of that and hear, oh, come to church. Oh, shut up if you can't live it at home. You're not living it before your children. You're driving your husband or you're driving your wife crazy. And you're putting on a facade in the house of God. That's called a hypocrite. Why call me Lord and do not the things I say? In conclusion, it is critical that you look to Jesus, rest in Christ, and live in hope. For he makes everything beautiful in his time. And all God's children said, If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.